Hello and welcome back to QC Uncut, your source for uncut, unedited, uncensored conversation. And today my guest is Josh Duffy. Josh has been a longtime musician in the Quad Cities area. He's been a member of a number of local bands. Um, Josh Duffy Orchestra, um, member of... Were you in the Metro Lights, Josh? Yes, I was yes, the drummer it, for the Metro Lights, and my drum teacher, Joel Dick, was the drummer for the Kabbalists. That's right, that's right. Um, and I couldn't remember which of the Scott... I knew you weren't in the Kabbalists, but I couldn't remember which of the Scott Morshaws or Offshoot projects, projects you were involved in, and that's right, it was the, it was the Metro Lights. Um, yeah, as well as the uh, the trio called the Anachronistics with it. Nervous Neil Smith. That's the one I was thinking of. That's the one okay. I was thinking of. So, um, and then also um, you've got a, uh, a an '80s band called what? Class of '82. Yep, Class of '82. That's right. And you guys do authentic '80s covers. That's right. And our specific covers are the synth pop bands. So we're talking about New Order and Depeche Mode, Erasure, some China Crisis. So some of those great bands that not a lot of groups in the Quad Cities play. So we were kind of helping to fill that void of that music because you have all the other great cover bands covering all the big hair bands of the 80s. So now we did the synth pop era. Now, one of the things I find interesting, this is kind of off on a tangent, but those of us who enjoy 80s music, you were a big fan of Nick Beggs from Kajagoogoo and you've actually talked to him and, and, you know, interacted with him and talked shop with him, haven't you? Yes, uh, and he was just on tour with Howard Jones. Uh, they were coming uh, through Dubuque. Uh, and fortunately, I got to see him before all this virus hit in the area. Um, but I've known Nick now for, I'd say, going on six years, five, six years. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd reach out to him through an email and told him how much their music had meant to me growing up. And when I was over in England, uh, we were able to uh, get together at one of the shows that he was doing uh, with Steve Hackett. Uh-huh. Um he, he found out that I was in Birmingham, and he goes, hey, are you in Birmingham? I said, yeah. And he goes, I got two tickets for you for the show. Come on out and, and enjoy it. So we did, and then afterwards we got to, to meet in person for the first time. But um, we've kept in touch all these years, and he is by far one of the greatest bassists and musicians that I have ever heard. I uh, agree. With I agree. I, I always thought Kajagoogoo was a very underrated band in large part because – of Nick's bass, the complexity of some of his bass parts, and just the really cool tone that he's got, and you know, just the great arrangements that he has. I just th- think that they're a very underrated band. Oh, I, I, I agree 100%. I mean, the, the, the songs that they were coming up with, like Animal Instincts and uh, Ergonomics uh, that were off the uh, White Feathers album there, are just uh, outstanding. And I've got to become friends with Jez Strode, the drummer, as yeah, well. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, and Jez is just fantastic. And uh, he's had so many great stories to tell about the days of the band and, um, and the drums he was using, the different things they were creating. So, oh my gosh, it's been wonderful learning about them and where they've taken kind of their careers from there, but still people come back to their music as some of the best music of the 80s. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about um, what you've got going on now. Now, obviously you've got had a fantastic career. Um, very, very talented musician. You're someone I've long respected in the local music community for your dedication oh, you. and talent. Um, 
And uh, you've got some really cool stuff that you're, that you're working on right now. And as we were talking about before we started rolling tape, it is, it's it's such an interesting time. And we at quadcities.com are part of this is about, you know, about three weeks ago. It was about three weeks, about a month ago. I kind of saw where this was going, where we were going to have a lot of cancellations. And I remember I called up um, Steve Holmes, who's the primary owner of the site. And I said, you know, we've got to completely change our paradigm here. We've got to be proactive in regard to this because before we know it, we're not going to have anything to write about because our site is predominantly dedicated to writing about local events, writing about local entertainment. And I could see... Everything was going to be canceled. And so, you know, I came up with a completely new plan to to change the paradigm and what we were doing. And, um, you know, it's it's worked out really well. And I know a lot of other creative people have had to do the same thing. And the interesting thing is creative people. Uh, they tend to have pretty solid imaginations, and so they end up coming up with interesting plans and interesting detours. And it's been cool for me to to watch this happen with a lot of local artists and musicians and theater people. And for us at QuadCities.com to dedicate the time, the space to cover those things that people are doing. And so it's really cool to see people like yourself come up with ways around this social distancing and still manage to be creative and put together imaginative things. Yeah, and that's what it was. Is literally within the blink of an eye, I mean, we saw our careers just kind of fading away uh, for safety reasons, and and that's our main concern is keeping everybody healthy and safe. So we're coming out of this ready to go with all these great live performances. Uh, but I agree. Is I think it's wonderful what you're doing because there's so many people that are just stuck at home. And they're like, well, what can I do to get that entertainment back in my home that I can't go out and see people like I normally do? And we thought, you know what? This is going to be one great use of the Internet is reaching people into their homes by putting on music programs or events that we can now creatively come up with, more or less reinventing ourselves online instead of in person. Now, tell us about what you're doing. And, of course, we're going to be covering all this on QuadCities.com. So... You can check it out um, on Josh's websites, and we're also going to be putting it on quadcities.com as well, so you can also check it out here. Tell people where they can see it, Josh, and um, and tell us a little bit about what you got going on. Yeah, the, the first thing that they'll want to do is find me on Facebook, and it's Josh Duffy, two F's and two E's. And if they send me a friend request, I'll accept their friend request on there. And then that way they'll be able to keep up to date for all these events that I have going on because they're all going to be Facebook Live events. Mm-hmm. And if for some reason they can't catch it because they are um, an essential employee working their job or something like that, um, the video will still be up where people can come back and revisit it. Uh, but Facebook is where they'll want to find me to watch the events and there will be a different event every single week starting uh, this upcoming week. And uh, it'll be covering everything from uh, a driving tour around Davenport, visiting the Bix Spiderbeck sites. So, Because there's a lot of people that probably have never seen Bix's house or known that he's buried here. So it's going to be a way for us to reach out into the community to show them that. 
And then the second week, the week of the 13th, uh, we're going to be doing a story on Louis Belson's drums, his music, and some of the items that I have. So his drums will be set up in our living room, and I'll be playing them, talking about them. Uh, so it'll be very interactive with people asking questions and, and getting to see them through their flat-screen TVs at home. Um, the third week is going to be called 1920s Percussion. So this is all back into now the roaring 20s. Here we are, 2020. I know we're not getting off to the greatest start but this is what we have for to look to over the next 10 years is all that great music of the 20s and you're gonna get to see how the percussionists got to play their part in recording and making this music back in the day and one of the last ones i'm gonna do is talk about uh, my old photographs i have of like band leaders of like Goldcat and bix and um I mean, all the great bands of the 1920s. So people can see these photos and, and, and even see them on their, their uh, computer or their TV and ask questions about these musicians because these are the ones that brought all that music to life so many years ago. So you're bringing the 20s back to life in the 20s. Exactly. And then probably what I will do, um, if, if everything extends into May, which we're kind of seeing it leaning that way for safety, but we'll, fingers crossed we can all be healthy and safe and get out sooner rather than later. Um, I'm hopefully going to do something on the 80s music in May. And so I'm, I'm stirring the pot in my mind right now because I've at least thought of these four ideas mm-hmm. and I've been working on all of this between cleaning our basement from it flooding. So there's been so much on my mind. It's like, oh my gosh. But I agree with you that there are so many musicians and artists out there their mind never shuts off with creativity and that's what makes the performing arts so valuable especially these days mm-hmm. i agree um what is it about these two particular eras that so charm you um obviously with so much music out there um what is it about especially the 20s and the 80s that resonates with you so much I think, I mean, I'll start with the 80s because that's what I grew up listening to because I was born in 79, so that was all the music I was right. hearing for the majority of my childhood. And here, they, they, they had, yeah, they had great melodies to them. They had great lyrics. They didn't have to worry about like all these four-letter words being thrown around. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they were songs that it was a new era of music coming out following the disco era. So they were doing their own thing without record labels telling them what to do. They were just writing their music, and it was really creative with all the synthesizers and the sounds new sounds that they were getting and you go back and listen to it today and it's again just as fresh and exciting as it was the day that they made it but when you hear the bands live in concert they sound just as great as the day that they were playing it so for me it just it's inside and it just makes my heart start beating faster it's like oh my gosh this is great you get excited to hear all those great songs again and then for the 20s music, it's the same way where I, I learned about Gene Krupa and the big band music of the 40s. And then once I met Louis Belson in person, he said, hey, it'd be great if you start kind of going back and find drummers and find out who they learn from. And, my, and Joel Dick, the drummer for the Kabbalah, said the same thing. And so I started going backwards and then I got into the Bix music and found out about, hey, we have a Bix jazz festival. So I participated in that, met my friends, the New Wolverine Jazz Orchestra from Australia. They were playing the Goldcat music and then I got interested in Goldcat. And then from there, it was just like the floodgates just opened and all of this music I'd never heard before. I was buying 78s and CDs and just fell in love with it. Yeah, it's always interesting to me when you trace back um, a lot of the influences. It's uh, so many people uh, they'll discover 
a, a band or even something like you know Nirvana, where they'll go like, "Oh man, Nirvana was," and Nirvana is a phenomenal band, obviously. But if oh, you yeah. trace if you trace Nirvana back, you can go back to the Pixies, and you can go back to the Replacements, and you can go back to um, you know some of the earlier punk bands and stuff like that. That uh, and even you know Black Sabbath were that kind of merged together to form that grunge sound and a lot of the elements of what Nirvana was doing and right. so it's always intriguing to kind of go back and and trace the patterns of where these different sounds come from because so many artists take different influences and merge them together to create something new. Right. What's really cool when you said Nirvana there is I was doing jazz research in Detroit, let's say about 12, 13 years ago, and I was inside the Book Cadillac Hotel, which is where one of the Gold Cap bands had played. They had just done a big renovation to the hotel, so I'm walking through where the ballroom used to be at and all that. My friend was with, whose name is Aaron Gold Cap, one of the relatives, and I turn this corner, and this guy comes face-to-face with me, and I'm like, oh my gosh. I said, how are you doing? He goes, great, how are you doing? And it was Dave Grohl from Foo Fighters. <laughs> so what was- like, oh, oh my gosh. So he asked what I was doing, and I said, well, I'm doing this jazz history research here on Detroit. I said, are you guys playing here? And he said, oh, we are, yeah. And so then he wanted to see my research about Gold Cat and the early music. So we sat for like five, ten minutes, and then he looked at the binder I had. He goes, man, this is incredible. Wow, this is so great to see the history of the music here. Mm-hmm. So he's a nice guy. Oh, super nice guy. And we were talking about music education, and he said it's so important that, that young music students are in school learning this. He goes, that's how we all started was in the beginnings. So you have a private teacher or somebody helping you out more or less. And right. he goes, or you have a mentor that's right there. He goes, it, music education is so big, but the, the history of music and where it came from, he goes, that is where we really get our roots of our music. So how do you um, see the younger musicians nowadays kind of adopting different styles and different uh, means to create something new? Like from the jazz side of things, I really see a lot of the young musicians, um, when they go off to college, they're doing a lot of the modern jazz, uh, like your bebop, 50s, 60s, 70s jazz, and even writing their own music, which is great because they're doing their, their creative outlet that way. But then also I see young musicians getting into 1920s, 30s, and 40s music because there is a big swing dance scene out there. And and that's what a lot of young kids are getting into again is the dancing part of it. So uh-huh. it, we're we're starting to really relive that over and seeing them get creative and see how those musicians were creative back then and then tap into their own creativeness that's what makes it exciting i knew that was going to come back i remember um i was out in california uh two years ago two summers ago and i was and i went to a place to sing karaoke in san diego and i sang stray cats and i remember talking to some of the people there and they're like oh yeah we we love rock and billy blah 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 and um I came back here and I was talking to some of my friends. I'm like, we should start up a rockabilly and swing band because I just have a feeling that that is kind of on the cusp of returning and coming oh, back. Exactly. Um, just like it did in the '90s. I mean, remember when swingers came out and, and all of a sudden, like, and I mean, then the Kabbalahs incorporated a lot of that too. The Metrolites incorporated a lot of that as well. That swing <laughs> revival. Exactly. And like I remember groups like Brian Setzer, Cherry mm-hmm. Poppin' Daddy's Royal Crown Review, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. I mean, yeah. they were they were all doing it. So yeah, yeah. that's great. And it's great music. I mean, it's fantastic music and upbeat, and people really love dancing to it, and, and it's a lot of fun. So oh, exactly. Yeah. So what else you but, got? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. 
Yeah, so what I mean, what the what the eighties project, hopefully here in May, as I said, with with doing these events there, I'm trying to look at um, like uh, possibly doing an event that's comparing real drummers compared to synth, uh, synthesizer drummers or uh, computer drummers and right. talking about that because there's good and bad to both of that. And but there's sometimes where you don't know if it's a real drummer playing or if it's an actual synthesizer program. So yeah. um, so I'm gonna be talking about that because I've I've been able to talk with uh, as I said Jez Strode, but then also David Palmer, who is the drummer for ABC, uh, but currently drums with Rod Stewart. Um, I've talked to a lot of these great drummers about their days playing back then, and it's been really interesting learning from them what they had to do uh, to not technically uh, have like a a drum machine come in and do their part. The the band wanted them actually playing, and so I thought, boy, that's something really cool, because I know there's a lot of people these days that are like, oh yeah, we can just pop a drum machine in with all the technology, but there's something about having that real-life drummer that they add something, of course, that that drum machine can't can't produce, Um, and that's the feeling and the emotion that comes into the playing. Now, there's so much gated reverb nowadays. That's such a hot thing in terms of production. And that was right. something that was huge in the 80s. I mean, obviously, right. one, of the exactly. biggest, one of the biggest songs is In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins, which right. you know really yeah. kind of got that. One of the songs that got that kicked off, I remember um, this song, uh, I Know There's Something Going On, was also a uh, huge gated reverb song. Um, but, uh, yeah, there are a lot of the bleachers and a lot of other bands use gated reverb quite a bit nowadays. Um, what do you, uh, in researching this so much, and I always find this interesting too, and I'm sure that, you know, you've touched upon this is the societal changes that go hand in hand with different music styles and why they come back in. Um, looking at the societal changes looming in the 2020s, what do you see as musical styles that could um, have a rebirth, and why? Why do you? Well, where do you see parallels in regard to history and the way the music has played off of what's been going on in society at the time? Well, I think, um, and it's something that my wife Crystal had actually brought up to me, and I, I wasn't thinking of it when I got into the music, but she said, you're hopefully going to have work for the next 30 years with doing music of the 20s, the 30s, and the 40s. Right. And I said, I, I never thought of that. And I think that's going to be the first place that people turn to is wanting to hear that music since you're going to be celebrating all the 100-year anniversaries, as well as like silent films. I have a feeling that you're going to start seeing more uh, filmmakers get into to that aspect of filmmaking uh, because it was so creative and, and, and just so genius with what Buster Keaton, Harold Lloyd, Chaplin, what all those guys did. So I think you're going to have that tied in, but then you're going to have a lot of up-and-coming artists, uh, musicians that are going to be writing music or scores for films like that. And I know Nervous Neil Smith, he was supposed to do a presentation at the Bettendorf Library where he scored music for a silent film. And so I think that is going to really make a, a big rebirth um, um, as far as th- that era of music, 20s, 30s, and 40s, but then also its own scores for silent films. Um, and, I, and again, I think, again, 80s music, I, I know I keep coming back to that too, those are my favorites, but there's just something that I just have inside of me that when you just hear that music, and it's, it's great for families. I mean, there's a lot of adults that we, we have at our shows that they may be in their 50s or 60s, and yes, this is their music too, but, but then you have 70s, 
an 80 year old people there and I'm thinking oh this isn't their music but they're sitting there enjoying it tapping their foot and their grandkids are enjoying it so I'm like okay this is something for all ages um, and I still think music of the 90s um, a lot of the alternative music uh, there's bands that are like reinventing themselves or hearing that music and getting influence from it so I think uh, you throw a lot of 70s, 80s, 90s in, and 20s, 30s, 40s. And it's not to neglect the 50s and 60s or anything like that. But I, I hear so much in new music today uh, for, with 80s influence in it, with uh, synth, uh, synthesizers and all the new computerized ways you can do music. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you listen to a lot of indie rock right now, particularly, and it's very... 80s influenced in regard to the synthesizer yes. sound and gated reverb and a lot of the other tricks that they used to do so um, oh i agree yeah so what else you been up to josh what else you got going on um in addition to this that you'd like to talk about what are you looking forward to most when we finally come out of our hidey holes i think what i'm really looking for there's there's three big events that i'm looking forward to i mean there's a lot of events but there's three big ones that Unfortunately, are a little bit later in the summer in the year. Um, one of those is going to be um, the Vicks Jazz Festival taking place here in Davenport because it's a great time to celebrate his music. And it's like, all right, that's at the end of July, early August. Hopefully, we're out and doing things by that point there. Um, but then I'm also going to be doing um, a Frank Sinatra show with my big band uh, this summer with more details to come. Uh, I'm going to let the, the, the venue announce all of that, but that'll be sometime this summer so people can watch for that uh and i'm bringing my vocalist in from the twin cities who he's not an impersonator he just has the sound of sinatra um and so and i'll be playing louis belson's kit for that show as well so it's gonna be very exciting um and then i'll be back in england later this year playing at the uh whitley bay or mike durham's classic jazz party and this festival is growing and growing every year and there's just actually a pbs um uh, documentary done on Cecile McLaurin Salvant, uh, who sings with Jazz at Lincoln Center now, and she's really hit it big. And she used to perform at this festival. And so it's, it's this festival's just taking off because, again, it's 20s music and focuses on, like, themed ideas. And so I'm actually going to be transcribing the music um, for the ideas uh, and shows that I'll be leading and getting to play that with musicians from all over the world. And that's one big thing I really look forward to in the year is we, we get together and play this music. And it's people that listen to the records and know the bands from the 20s and 30s. And when we get together and play, it sounds like the original recording. It's just uh, absolutely unbelievable that is so cool um well josh is there anything else you'd like to add before we sign off here yeah when i'm when we're doing these programs my wife and i here one thing that a lot of these musicians are doing is um we set up these virtual tip jars and um i'm kind of calling it the like the little rascals pay as you exit <laughs> type of thing and if if people like what they see with the vix tour or anything that we're doing um we set up a gofundme page uh where people can feel comfortable going and sending a tip or we have our venmo and our paypal and so we'll be having that on the screen so if anybody would like to donate uh to what we're doing for our programs we greatly appreciate that um since again we are pretty much all out of work and this is how we are doing work um and we feel it, 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 we're just very grateful for anybody who has already contributed to those accounts there because all the money that we're getting for our tip money is going towards our house repairs with our recent flooding so i said hey this gives us something to look forward to now for the future of these programs but as you said we are just chomping at the bit to just get out of the house and perform for, for people because that's what we 
love to do and we really miss it right awesome josh thanks so much and thanks for being on the show and um i've always enjoyed you know the interesting things that you've always come up with and you've had not only are you a talented guy but you come up with unique perspectives and you bring something to the local arts community local music community that is distinct and needed because you know you always want to get some some different angles and some different spice in a in the in a scene and you've always got some really cool stuff going on so i really appreciate that Oh, and again, I appreciate all that you do to help the arts community. Um, I mean, um, you and Jonathan Turner, who did a lot of stuff, too. I mean, there's so many great people that this community is just so rich with the arts, and your guys' support is just has just been wonderful over all these years. So, again, I greatly appreciate what you do for helping get the word out there. Of course, and we're, we're happy to have Jonathan here at QuadCities.com now. And that's great. He's, he's such, both of you guys are such an asset to the Quad Cities. And so this is just wonderful that you guys are both there. And it's like, this, this is just, it's just a plus for the Quad Cities for both you guys there. Well, thanks so much, Josh. And best of luck with the situation. Again, we're going to be following you and we'll post um, when you're going to have shows here on quadcities.com. So people can check out quadcities.com to get the days and the times for your live streams on Facebook in regard to these shows. And of course, people can also. So archive them as well and check them out. So if you miss something, please do check out quadcities.com and you can get all the details on all of Josh's upcoming shows. And again, with kids being at home right now, this is a fantastic way to homeschool and to have kids learn about different creative aspects and different kinds of music. And Josh is very, very well um, well read and knows a lot about this. He'll make an excellent teacher in regard to it. Wonderful. That's great. It's a, it's a perfect music education for local history. So I, I, I agree. It's a great way to just homeschool your kids and they can be learning something. So when they go back to school, if they, if they hopefully get to go back to school, um, they'll be able to tell their teachers that they learned something about Vicks and Louis Belson, which would be wonderful. That is very cool. Very cool. Josh, thanks so much for being on the show. Hey, pleasure. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening to QC Uncut, uncut, unedited, uncensored conversation with local newsmakers. My guest today has been Josh Duffy from the Josh Duffy Orchestra, Class of 92, and many other great bands, Metro Lights and Acronistics. He's been a part of a whole lot of huge and awesome bands here in the Quad Cities. So please check out his show on Facebook. Adam, it's Josh Duffy, Josh, traditional spelling Duffy, D-U-F-F-E-E, and check out Quad Cities for more information on his upcoming live on the internet shows and musical instruction programs. And once again, thanks a lot for listening. Hope you have an awesome day.